Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? and welcome to the Classic Hold Up Podcast. My name is Noah Hintz, and I'll be your host for today. A little background about myself. I am a senior at Michigan State University studying sports journalism and multicam production. So I'm really big into video games and TV and, uh, and all things in that medium. I would say that I'm actually not a big film buff, which is ironic considering today's topic. We are going to be reviewing one of my favorite movies the Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Now, a little bit of background about the Naked Gun, which I'll, the title is too long to call it anything else, so I will just be referring to it as that from now on. It is a 1988 film that is a parody comedy, um, which pokes fun at more serious and gritty uh, crime and police TV dramas of the day. Um, a, a couple examples of that that came up while I was researching more about the film was M Squad, which was a late 50s crime drama on NBC, and also Felony Squad, NBC late 60s. So you can already start to see some of the parallels between you know those titles and the police squad, which Frank Drebin, our main character of this movie, works for. Naked Gun is directed by David Zucker, who is generally associated uh, with the Zucker, Abrahams, and Zucker trio of comedy directors, um, also known as ZAZ. So that's with David Zucker, uh, Jim Abrahams, and David's younger brother, Jerry Zucker. And first off, I really enjoy all of their movies, and I think it's because they all kind of have very similar styles to them, if you will, you know, staples that really make up a ZAZ film. Um, One being slapstick or physical comedy, tons of that in this movie but there's also a lot of puns and general wordplay you know running gags that you know there will be bits that get taken from you know the start to an end uh, of the film basically there's a whole bunch of non sequiturs basically moments in the script where things make you know no sense or, or what a character say is so unrelated to what's going on that that in and of itself becomes funny that's the comedy of, of the segment um, and then you also have a lot of, of breaking the fourth wall, you know, characters acknowledging, you know, what's going on, the, you know, the absurdity of, of their own universe. And all those things that I mentioned, there's plenty of that in The Naked Gun. You may know some of ZAZ's other works. They work together on the probably even more successful um, parody comedy Airplane, um, which parodies uh, a bunch of disaster movies. Uh, they also worked on Top Secret and Ruthless People. Um, however, they split up right before, um, actually, the, the Naked Gun. So this is actually David Zucker's first solo direction after their split. 
And um, it's very interesting to see him uh, revisit the Police Squad franchise, which I'll, I'll talk about in just a bit. But you may know David Zucker's other works, too. He worked on the other Naked Gun movies, The Naked Gun 2 and a Half, uh, The Smell of Fear, and Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult, as well as the movie Basketball, which is another parody of, um, this time it's parody sports movies. And he also was the director of Scary Movies 3 and 4. Now, I mentioned earlier that it's interesting to me that David is revisiting the Police Squad franchise. That's because The Naked Gun is actually set in the same universe as a TV show called Police Squad. Uh, it was a 1982 TV show, also directed by Zucker, Abrahams, and Zucker. Uh, it only ran for six episodes, and based on what I could find, it only seems like uh, ZAZ worked on the pilot episode. The rest was written by other people. But... You know, everything that kind of works for this movie also was very present in this 1982 TV show. And in 2013, TV Guide ranked the Police Squad TV show as uh, number seven on a list of 60 shows that they deemed were canceled too soon. Um, and before we move totally on, I uh, figured I would give a little background about the main actor in The Naked Gun, uh, Leslie Nielsen, a.k.a. Uh, Frank Drebin. Nielsen started out as a serious, quote-unquote serious, you know, dramatic uh, actor. One of the works that is most well-known out of the things that he worked on uh, is the 1956 sci-fi film Forbidden Planet, but he actually gets his start in some of these parody comedy movies working with um, ZAZ on Airplane as the doctor on that plane. Um, and his famous line, you know, uh, I'm serious and don't call me Shirley, which if you don't know what I'm talking about is so so worth looking up so that movie kind of gets him known for deadpan humor and he works uh in those roles pretty much the rest of his way up until he passed away in 2010 and he's a particular favorite of David Zucker movies um there are some handy like graphs out there that show you know which directors favored what actors and Leslie Nielsen ends up in tons and tons of movies that David Zucker directed in and for good reason because he's he's truly one of the best comedians uh, I've ever seen I guess I'll talk a little bit of my personal history uh, with this project which I feel like most people who come in here you know have some like wonderful childhood story about you know the media has been with them forever I actually don't remember the the first time I would have watched this movie I'm going to take a guess and say I was probably 10 or 11, which if you know anything about this movie um, is concerning <laughs> because it's incredibly raunchy and, and there's just a lot that you know is skewed well, let's say for an older audience, but I grew up really enjoying ZAZ movies, pretty much every movie that I listed previous to this, like Airplane, Basketball um, the scary movies are some of my favorite. I really love um, parody films and what you can do with that medium. So I think it's just something that kind of fell in my rotation and, you know, I've enjoyed. It kind of fell out of my interest for a little bit until about 2020 during the lockout because baseball wasn't happening. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, what does baseball have to do with the naked gun? Well, actually, enough. I won't say a lot, but enough because... During the pandemic, where there was no baseball, MLB Network needed baseball movies to show instead of games. And interestingly enough, the last 15 minutes of this movie, if you're familiar with them, take place on a baseball field. And that was enough, evidently, for MLB Network to consider The Naked Gun 
by their own programming standards, a baseball movie. So I don't, I don't really <laughs> consider it one myself, but um, definitely enjoyed sitting down, you know, over the past couple of years and, and getting to watch that good old baseball movie about baseball. With all that out of the way, I'd like to welcome my guests at this time, Miriam Bingham. Miriam, how are you? Noah, I'm good. I'm just holding out with this weather. It's, it's rainy, so I'm trying to keep a po- some positive energy up right now. Yeah, and um, I, I should say right now, thanks for taking the time to come talk to me today about this movie. We've worked on a lot of projects together. Um, you know, as a quick plug, we both work on the Spartan Sports Report here at, at uh, MSU, so um, we're more, you know, as I already mentioned in my intro, we're more sports people. Um, but while this is one of my favorite movies, you had actually never seen this movie before I asked you to. Correct. So when you asked me to watch this movie, um, I was willing and very curious to see what this movie was going to be about. Because for one, when you told me, it was a long title. So I had to ask you several times, wait, what's the title again? And it was definitely hard finding it online, but I do have Amazon. So shout out to Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a shocker to watch this old piece of media because um, growing up, I was the girl that would be outside getting active, playing tennis with my siblings and playing with Barbie dolls, those types of things. But my dad did... My dad is a little bit older. He's from an older generation. He's very traditional. So we would watch movies together like Gone with the Wind Mm -hmm. on Turner Classic Movies. That was his favorite channel to turn to. I still remember the channel on Xfinity 185. (laughs) (laughs) So um, turning there every and the Western channel with like Gene Entree. Those are the types of things I grew up with um, my dad and watching certain movies. Um, those were all the classic movies. So me not knowing about The Naked Gun, I was very curious. And um, it was definitely a shocker to watch this old piece <laughs> of media. You know, we talked beforehand about why I think it. I, I think you're actually a great host for this, having just seen it, you know, this pretty much right now, this one time, is that this podcast, Classic Hold Up, right, is looking to answer the question, do old classics hold up? And I figured that, you know, maybe – instead of having someone who's just as big a fan as, as I am talk about this movie, that it's really great to get some fresh perspectives. So um, I, in a way, I'm, I'm glad that you find it, you know, like shocking. And there's a, there's a lot to unpack because I know that you, you probably are one of the, the best ways to get a sense of how this movie holds up. Before we get into that, let's actually look back at some of the critic reviews for... The, the Naked Gun. I pulled up a couple just from what I could find online. And generally, the movie was viewed pretty positively um, when it came out. I think that getting a sense from reading some of these, and I'll, and I'll read verbatim here in a second, that your critics are split into two camps, right? So either people found it funny, the majority of people found it funny, even though it was, you know, sometimes, you know, crude humor or, you know, it's like slapstick and just like, you know, it's not it's not particularly highbrow, I would say. Right. Um, and then there are other critics who pan it for that exact reason that they go, well, this movie really isn't like trying anything 
super, you know, groundbreaking in terms of comedy. So therefore, you know, it's just kind of whatever. What are your thoughts on any of that? Um, well, I would have to say I could see the reviews going both ways. I also didn't know about any of the reviews. So another shocker on that one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> with that being said, I could definitely see if critics would take a stance on it being, I would say, explicit almost with <laughs> um, most of the the jokes because it is a parody and I, I could also see it being on the other side of it being super funny and just very comical. So um, those reviews, I, w- I would definitely like to hear an, an exact review on on the movie and dive deeper into that. Well, I have a couple up on my screen here. This is uh, Destin Thompson from the Washington Post. Quote, more juvenile than a Mel Brooks movie. Wittier than Get Smart, almost as low as Animal House and close, in, uh, close to the laugh count of Airplane. A Gun is a loving parody of every cop show that ever syndicated its way to your living room. Uh, Variety called it crass, broad, uh, irreverent, wacky fun, and absolutely hilarious from getting to the end. But then to get into some of the some of the negative ones too we have uh richard corliss from time like the he says quote like the zaz lads other films this movie made for a vcr saturday night they supply the jokes you bring the microwave popcorn and modest expectations so you know he's basically calling it a you know the equivalent of a direct to what we would call direct to dvd you know direct to vcr you know kind of if you got nothing better to watch on on your saturday night so you know you can get the sense that like as we brought up that people are like hey it's funny you know even though it doesn't try and, you know, break the mold on some of these things or it relies, you know, so much on this, you know, this style of comedy that maybe isn't, like, inherently funny. I, I don't know how to, to best describe it. Or, like, or it isn't as fancy as some of these other comedy movies that maybe have come out. But it still works, therefore it's a good movie. Right. Um, and I will say that, you know, it must have done something right because it got two sequels. Um, granted... Are they very well received? No. Like, they're, you know, most people when they talk about the Naked Gun or the Police Squad franchise, maybe I should say, they really will only talk about this movie, right? The TV show, Totally Lost, um, the sequels, like, kind of forgotten about. So um, maybe there is some point to, you know, how far this comedy can go. But um, I do know that the movie also, you know, did really well. Um, when it came out, it was number one, you know, during its week. I think it made about $150 million or, or around about. Um, by some success, it's pretty successful. And I would say, you know, in some in some regards, it's still really um, well regarded today. The New York Times back in like 2003 put it on a list of the best 1,000 movies ever made, which, you know, 1,000 movies in 2000, it, it was hard to find actually some of like the direct quotes about the naked gun because a lot of the media that reviewed it is is so old that like it no longer exists on websites so it got that nomination i suppose you could call it from the new york times it was named the seventh funniest comedy ever on a poll by empire back in like 2013 which again doesn't exist online anymore for me to like verify any of that but it's pretty well regarded still today so i'll ask you miriam you know given that this is your first time seeing the movie do you think that it holds up to any of those praises that it's been given you know well i you know i'm not asking you to like list out every comedy movie you've ever seen but you know do you right, right, do you right. buy the hype that it got that it can get on some of these lists so going off the the hype that you are telling me well the recent hype i would honestly have to say this movie depending on how 
depending on your sense of humor. I want to say that. So while you were talking about all of these reviews and it got negative reviews, positive reviews, um, it really depended on your sense of humor. So um, I heard a review that said it was wacky. So that was a positive review, like a wacky, funny thing. And one of the words that I described this movie was witty. So it was super comical and I have a high sense of humor. So I laugh at almost everything. So to see this movie, 50%, well, more than 50% of the time, half of the time or more than half of the time, I was laughing and paying attention to every little detail. I mean, being my first time, it I didn't pay attention to all of the elements of the movie. So if I go back, I'll be like, oh, my goodness, that one flew over my head. But I will honestly say for for myself, it does hold up, Ooh. honestly. And I think I am... A lover of old media and that's why it holds up to me but I could see why the reviews are saying it's one of the funniest movies because it it's a it's a classic classical funny movie mm-hmm. it's not um, well nowadays everyone wants to see people like Kevin Hart or you know uh, Mike Epps or those comedians and just go to the show and laugh at jokes all day but this one is where it's subtly explicit so you really have to use your mind in order to understand the jokes because if you're maybe 15 watching this you're going to be like what are they trying to say mm-hmm. but for my age right now it was just fun it was just fun to figure out what they were trying to portray and trying to put out there with their jokes so i would say yeah. for me it would hold up just because of the person <laughs> i am uh well I'm, I'm glad to hear it because i made you watch the movie um but you talked about you know some of the comedy movies today you know the style of comedy that we get today do you think that this movie would if it was released today do you think that this movie would be well received because i actually i've already gone on record and said i love this movie right I actually think that some of the movie's charm is because it is a quote-unquote older movie, right? And it would lose a lot of that um, if you put it, if you just, if it just, you know, fell out of the sky one day and say, you know, The Naked Gun 2022, you know. I, I actually don't think that some of the elements would play, but I could be wrong. What do you think? No, I actually agree. So... Maybe I, for the last question, I did say personally for me, it does hold up. So mm-hmm. in terms of if it was to go out to the movie theaters tomorrow and it would have a trailer on TV, um, I don't think it would hold up um, and make those, well, the the revenue that it made from back then. So I did watch the tra- tra- trailer before I watched the movie. And when I watched the trailer, I was just, skeptical about the movie i'm like what is this about um i don't even think this is going to be a good movie and then i watched the beginning of the movie and of course it has a piece that is historical you you could say so um diving into that movie i think it wouldn't hold up because there are certain elements that only pertain to what an old head media person would know Mm mm-hmm so based on what my sense of humor, yes, for me. But if it were to go out to the theaters tomorrow, it, it may not hit as as it should. Yeah. 
And it's weird because, you know, we talk about some of these reviews, talk about, you know, how, like, loud and, and over the top some of the funny moments are. I actually think that what would get lost the most today um, are the moments where the movie, like, takes itself a step back, you know? And that's usually with, like, the wordplay. Just, exi- just to give an example, like... Um, I have to do it without laughing, but you know when, but when um, Frank and Jane are on, uh, you know, when they're at his house and they're like talking about like, you know, what what love is and that whole thing, and you know, um, he talks about like, this girl dying in a blimp accident, and Jane goes, you know, good year, and Frank responds, no, the worst. Like that's such a good moment, but because, but because it's not, because it's so, you know, like subtle like it's not a joke that's in your face i actually think that those are the moments like these little little tiny details that add up to you know like this wonderful work of comedy would get would get lost and then yeah some of like the louder moments too probably i think people would go like you know oh that's weird or you know uh, you know it wouldn't play as well today right so so the scenes i I believe uh the the critics would say it's weird. Most yeah. Likely. Like I said, it really depends on your sense of humor and if you take the film seriously or not. I would say I almost, um, like, in making you watch this movie, I've almost outed myself as, like, this guy who likes this really weird comedy. You know, like the slapstick deadpan sort of um, deal that, you know, as we talked about, may not play as much today. And, and that brings to a point, like, when we think about how the movie could be perceived in the future, like... I don't know. I'm a little worried that I don't know if I want to call it nostalgia because you only watched it one time, right? And you you right. feel a similar way, but for me like it's possible that as we move forward in, you know, comedy, time, whatever, that we do start to see some of these elements kind of get lost and I I'm a little worried that the nostalgia, quote unquote, I'll just use that word cuz I can't think of a better one isn't going to be there as much, you know, at some point it's, it's, I'll sum it up this way because I know I can ramble on. Um, at some point it's going to switch from being weird, but or, or old, but quirky to just old, you know, I don't know. I might be totally off on that though. I mean, what, what do you think about like the way that this movie could be perceived moving forward? I would actually have to agree with you. Um, certain elements of this movie does make it, more so old because I do want to compare this movie to something that is comical of what could be modern media. It's kind of, it kind of reminded me of Step Brothers mm-hmm. um, with Will Ferrell. And that movie was also very explicit, but it wasn't subtly explicit where you would have to guess what they're saying. It's just, it was straightforward. Like it's raunchy. It, it's, it's, yeah, this is it. Um, but the that element of of Naked Gun being a mysterious, comical, jokey type movie, I think moving forward, that's just something in the past for and being a parody also. That's something in the past for old media. Um where nowadays, um our media is very I keep using this word, but well, it's very transparent. Like, mm-hmm. no one is holding back anymore. Yeah, so, it's in your face. It's in your face, basically. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, with with the Naked Gun, most of the elements wouldn't hold up anymore um, because it's like moving forward, our media is, is changing, and 
um, nothing is being held back anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what was funny about the naked gun to me. It was just, oh, it, it would fly over your head if you didn't pay attention because it's something you have to figure out and listen to the jokes. Like I could even name one where where Jane and Frank was together and she was licking his finger and then he was like, I have nine more. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, you have to know what he means by that. So um, nowadays with comedy, it's just, yeah, I don't even have to guess what you're saying. Like, I know what you mean. The joke is there, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm now taken aback by the, like, we've now put ourselves in a weird position on this podcast because we've both said, yes, I, well, spoiler alert, and for the next segment, I am going to say that this movie holds up, and you have already said that this movie holds up, right? But we've also both come to an agreement that, like, yeah, maybe some elements of this movie don't play anymore, and or only play for very specific reasons. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back from our break, we're going to try and dive into that and maybe try and work out why that is and answer any other questions we have along the way. My name is Jackson Grubb. My name is Brendan Perswara. My name is Torin Kaplan. When I complete my degree, I want to become an audio engineer. I want to work in live broadcasting. I want to work in the film industry. My name is Jackson Grob. My name is Brendan Perswara. My name is Torn Kaplan, and, and I, I am, am Kamartsai. Start your journey at kamartsai.msu.edu. Welcome back to the Classic Hold Up Podcast. I'm Noah Hintz. My guest today is Miriam Bingham. And before we jump back into some of our talk about, you know, does or does this movie not hold up? Because I think, you know, as I was saying before the break, I think that we, we might actually be a bit more split, you know, 50-50 on this topic than maybe we had intended. I'm going to read through some Q&A questions that I got from a couple friends of mine just you know when i was talking about this movie here's what they wanted to figure out and i think maybe maybe some of this could influence how we we view this movie if it holds up if it doesn't you know we'll just see but i wanted to bring well so this was brought up to me anyway and i fully intended on talking about it um as an element that i will 100 percent say does not hold up and that is the inclusion of oj simpson in this movie and I was like, you're yeah. making a great face yeah, like i thought his character was a bit irrelevant to to the whole movie but i don't know i don't know well it well it's just the fact that it's oj simpson right so this movie came out in 1998 all of the shall we say oj simpson stuff happened in 94 so um it's not like it's not like anyone knew right but um I'll be curious to think about or be curious on your thoughts about his inclusion in this movie, given all that we know today. Um, I don't really mind it at all, but I would definitely understand people being like, oh, man, it's weird or off-putting that O.J. Simpson is in this movie. Weird, off-putting. I will honestly keep my word where I say his character was pretty much irrelevant um, I think it did 
add to the fact that um, most of the characters had a continuous act of getting hurt or hurting themselves. And I actually did list him as one of the characters characters who were continuously getting hurt, especially him on the boat. And then my other example was when Miss Spencer was falling down the stairs um, after she sees Frank for the first time. So um, I didn't write a lot on O.J. Simpson because um, I thought his character was just an addition to the the comedy of of the other characters, especially with Frank being clumsy, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, and Frank um, being kind of insensitive about his um, condition (laughs) at the hospital. So (laughs) that's how I felt about O.J. Simpson. It wasn't much for me to write about him, and that's just the truth on my side. Yeah. So Well, no, I I think in a way, though, that that answers the question, too, though, right, is, like, you, first-time viewer of this movie, weren't bothered by O.J. Simpson, despite the fact that he's O.J. Simpson, because he's kind of, you know, in his own little corner, if you will, of, like, the the plot of this movie. Like, I don't even know that you would say that he, like, gets it going, because I'm... Well, first off, I think that the plot of this movie is, like, totally irrelevant. Like, I say, I say this very lovingly, but, like, there's, like, two types of movies that can take you from beating up dudes, you know, world leaders in the Middle East to protecting the queen at a baseball game while the main character is pretending to be an umpire who's pretending to be the national anthem singer, and it all somehow makes sense. There are two types of movies that that works for. One, it has to have really good Riley, like really good plot development, and the other kind of movie is um, it doesn't care at all about its plot development, and I would admittedly say that uh, Naked Gun is somewhere in the latter because it's the comedy, you know, it's a situational stuff that kind of lets you take it, you know, um, that way. But in in the grand scheme of that plot, I guess to circle back on what I actually wanted to say, you know, O.J. Simpson doesn't matter that much. Any questions that you have for me, Miriam? Because, I, again, I you know, this is your first time watching it. You've now gotten to see that I'm a weirdo who likes this movie. <laughs> Although you like this movie, too, so I don't know what that says about any of us. I guess my only question would be... What were your thoughts when you were watching it as a kid compared to now? Watching it as a college student who's getting ready to graduate. So um, just comparing your thoughts from then and now, honestly. Oh, man. If it's, you even remember. Well, I say it's a little bit tough to remember. So I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions about my younger self, which I think is fair to do since it's me that I'm talking about and I should know. I mean, I, I I think I I love this movie as much now, or maybe even more than I did as a kid, um, because I I will say that like I think that the deadpan humor and the slapstick is really kind of what got me into it. I mean, there's there's a lot that you know that the movie relies on you know raunchiness or you know whether that's uh, in terms of you know actions that the the characters take or you know wordplay too. Like I can think of a bunch of I like you I wrote down a bunch of examples that I just don't even we don't even have the time to get into because if I just sit here and recount every moment that I love about this movie we're going to be here for I might as well just play the movie over the, over this uh over this podcast um but there was enough there growing up that I think that like you know stuff like yeah like Frank basically crashing his car every time that he you know goes to a location or, you know, there's there's bits where, you know, jokes that they make, you know, 
the the witticism doesn't rely on you know toilet humor or you know something about male genitalia <laughs> you know like there was enough there that I think I could latch on to and now you know now obviously I'm well more aware of of the contents of the movie so um but now I'm you know probably something I wouldn't show my 10 year old child unless I really felt like they were ready for it but man it's a good laugh all right well we've already kind of spoiled this next segment but that's okay I'm glad to have the discussion does the naked gun hold up Miriam so final answer does the naked gun hold up? given that our, our whole talk today that we We've both prefaced it that we've said yes, but now we've had this whole debate section earlier today where we were like, well, hmm, this element may not work. That element may not work. I don't know. Does that do any of those discussions about the fact that, you know, this movie may have, you know, real limited shelf life left impact the fact? I mean, does that by definition mean that it doesn't hold up today? Uh, see, I'm I'm very torn because our discussions did dive deeper into some of the elements that could be considered outdated. Jane's and Frank's relationship, and then the the humor of it all. Um, so in the end, uh, I would have to say it doesn't hold up. Ooh, so, you, so you've I, changed. I changed my mind. I don't, Ooh. it's just, Looking from a viewpoint of what makes money and what the majority of critics would say, it wouldn't, honestly, um, just because of, of many of the elements that we discuss. So in the end, my personal viewpoint of this movie is it's funny and I truly enjoyed it being a first time viewer, especially since um, I do have a history of watching classical movies and mm-hmm. watching this kind of brought back we used the word earlier that nostalgia of a classical movie and um just something that's not straightforward now because our media today is just super straightforward so um for the majority of viewers and just the way the media is going now it would not hold up um and it would take someone who does have a traditional viewpoint sense of viewpoint like me as myself to really enjoy this movie and to dive deeper into into the movie and the the different scenes um but hey i guess that's why i'm studying studying journalism i'm very curious about different things and um those questions that we discussed were definitely great questions because it made me think differently of how someone outside of of my thoughts would think about this movie because mm-hmm. those are those questions and those elements actually do count for the media nowadays it's so weird because i i want to agree i i agree with everything that you say i don't it's just it's so hard to say to myself that it doesn't hold up because my own personal experience with the movie suggests otherwise, right? I, ZAZ movies, you know, David Zucker's work, like, um, and, and other parody movies like it, you know, I, they get me, I, I guess is maybe the easiest way to say that without burning too many words. Um, 
like I this stuff makes me laugh so hard and I find it so funny. And there is a there but there but there is a an acceptance to me that like most people probably wouldn't get it. However, I will still die on the hill that I think that this movie does hold up specifically because I think that and, and not to make some sort of grandiose statement about, you know, the the future of media or, or whatever, but I think that as long as there are people like me who kind of don't get maybe current media, right? That like they don't enjoy the you know in your face elements or like that constant I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, like the the, the the way you were talking about, you know, like the way that media is progressing and the way that humor has progressed, you know, I think that there will always be a market for some of these more subtle displays of humor, which you know, again, I think is almost a funny statement given how a lot of those reviews that we were talking about earlier, you know, kind of hone in on some of the less subtle details that they're like, oh, you know, slapstick humor, gross out humor, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's just so tough for me personally to like say, to say that this movie doesn't hold up when I enjoy it so much, but it, it does come with the caveat that I understand that this movie probably will have a more narrow and narrow and narrow audience as time goes on. So, but that, but that, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think in the end we we're torn on the same, on the same things because we both enjoy um, the old media. We well, we both enjoyed this movie. Yeah, yeah no, that's so what I was like, gonna say. So we're both a little because for me to say it doesn't hold up, I'm still in the back of my mind like it held up to me though. Maybe just to put a close on this debate, I I don't even know because we're saying the same things. It's just yeah. we that we're we end up like torn about the long term viability of of this movie and and how it holds up. I would say watch this movie because it we both really really enjoy it it's it's so good it's so funny um but it probably does come down to an in, on an individual basis if if the style of humor that it uh, that it holds itself up with um is for you so i would say at the very least give it a try because you may watch the movie find it really funny um and come to my conclusion that Hey, if it worked for you, it'll work for somebody eventually, you know, even down the road years and years from now. But you may be like Miriam, who says, yes, it is funny, but, you know, I could understand why the outlook isn't so great. So, well, Miriam, we have had a wonderful conversation, a mildly painful conversation, I must say, because I'm staring in the face that this movie that I've I've brought to <laughs> I've brought to the classic holdup may, in fact, have some darker days ahead of it. But um Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope that you you really did enjoy the movie. And you know you'll you'll be with me in terms of people in 10, 20 years from now when when the next generation of people come along and say that this movie isn't funny, we'll be the ones who say it is funny, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed this discovery of the Naked Gun. So yeah. who knows what the future holds? So we'll have to see when the time comes. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I've i got to hold my head up high and, and act like people will like the same movie that I like, even though I'm not so very convinced. Well, um, that is it for me. I've been your host, Noah Hintz, for Miriam Bingham. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Classic Quota Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Find the Classic Holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.